Kicking off another Colgate Raider Report podcast, this is Eric Malinowski, and when Colgate men's hockey beats Cornell, of course... We're going to lead off this podcast talking Colgate men's hockey, and we're talking to one of the stars of the Raiders team, junior forward John Snodgrass. John, I'm sure it felt like a long time coming. How good did it feel to beat Cornell for the first time in your Colgate career? Yeah, I mean, looking back, they'd always kind of bested us. You know, that that always stung, but going into the third, actually, I I know that our seniors, that was our last team that they hadn't, uh, they hadn't beaten, so it was really important for them to get the win, and um, I'm finally just, you know, happy that we got the win just, uh, just for their sake. But, uh, obviously, you know, a rivalry, it was awesome to do it on the road, obviously a little harder, but, uh, you know, it, it was very cool and, and a great experience. So it was, uh, it was a lot of fun for sure. How much of a pleasure has it been for you, John, playing for this senior class? It just seems like a group of great guys. You know, walking around campus and, and whoever you're talking to, if you bring up one of the seniors, you know, there's never a bad thing to say about any one of the guys. They're all pretty down to earth, very humble guys, and um, I know they would never say anything about themselves, but uh, I can definitely talk them up. Uh, knowing them for the last three years, they're definitely good role models and uh, better people, so it, it's awesome that we get to represent them and to go out and battle with those guys. It, it's an honor to be, to be really honest, though. So. Tell us about the game winner in overtime and what type of emotions came over you as the team gathered around you to celebrate. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, uh, it's one of those situations where, uh, you know, you're just in the right place at the right time. Josh was a beast coming off the wall. Willie made a great play on the uh, on the entry there, and um, I was just fortunate enough to be sitting there and, and the puck found me. But, uh, I mean, you, you kind of grow up as, as a kid and imagine yourself scoring an overtime winner, you know, at, at any level. And just the fact that it happens to you is just kind of a surreal moment. So to have the boys come in and, uh, you know, everybody was screaming and yelling, hooting and hollering, you know, it, it was awesome. And it's an experience I'll never forget, that's for sure. I'm talking to Colgate men's hockey junior forward John Snodgrass. And describe your first goal, John, which seemed like a big momentum shift in the final seconds of the first. We've been battling hard all the first. And, uh, you know, I think there were times where, you know, we had dominated the play and, uh, you know, we probably deserved a little better than what we were given there. But Bob made a great play to keep the puck in. And I'm usually a pass-first guy, but uh, I didn't see anything else. So just threw one at the net and uh, found a way in. So pretty fortunate. But, I mean, going into the first, everybody was feeling a lot more confident in our ability coming out in the second. And you saw that 15 seconds in, Paulie Meyer scores a big goal for us too. So I think obviously it was huge for momentum just to get it back. But it was bigger in, in terms of our confidence and just knowing that you know we're, we're still in the game too. So it, it was it was huge. You had a couple of breakaways in the third. Do you feel the pressure on those that you have to score or everything happens so quick you really don't have time to think too much? It happens really quick. You don't think too much in the moment. Maybe when you get back to the bench, you kind of give one of the, oh, I, should, I should have done this, I should have done that. But, uh, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and obviously, you know, you look back and it's a lot easier to say, I could have done this, I could have done that. But at the time, you're just trying to make the best play that you can and hope that whatever you're doing is creating a positive outcome. And, and that's kind of got to be your mentality, I think, uh, whenever you get an opportunity like that. How unbelievable was Mitch Benson in this game? Oh, I mean, you can't say too much. He was absurd. He had guys on the bench jaw-dropping, and it was unbelievable. Seeing Colton Point play and seeing him make some big saves, it was very comparable. And he's been a stud the last five games out, and I kept telling him, you know, you, you give up one or two goals, Benny, I, I promise we're going to get... We're going to get you some wins, and uh, I'm so happy that we finally got one for him because he stood on his head, and, and we really needed it that game. So um, it was awesome. It was impressive, and uh, hopefully, you know, he can keep doing that for us and uh, 
I think we'll be all right. What does it mean to you, John, and your teammates to be involved in the annual Courage Classic with kids of Camp Good Days? It's awesome. I mean, uh, to see a hockey community rally around something like that, you know, and, and everybody's in on it. And, um, you know, I think it's special when you can get both teams to kind of rally around it and, and show some camaraderie. But it's awesome. And I know that, you know, it's a special moment for all the kids that are involved. And it's a special moment for us because it's truly humbling. And, you know, we look forward to it every year. And I hope that the fans do as well. But, you know, it's awesome to get to know them and, and to speak with them. And, uh, you know, it's a very cool experience, absolutely, all around. I know you missed some time earlier this season, John. What happened and how do you feel now? Yeah, you know, there was a fluke accident. I kind of went into the boards a little wonky and uh, at RIT and it's always hard to sit in the stands and, and be injured and want to make an impact and you can't be out there with your teammates that's always hard but through rehab our trainer's a great guy Steve Chunard he does everything and you know he helped me get back and keeping a positive attitude was huge for me mentally it's really tough you want to be out there like I said but to finally be back it, it's awesome and um, you know I think that one thing I learned from that experience is uh, don't take anything for granted because uh, it can all be taken away pretty quick so Humbling, but, uh, you know, awesome to be back, and I'm very excited. Why the number eight, John? Does that have any significance or just the number assigned? That's actually a good question. You know, when I was coming in my freshman year, um, I wanted number nine, uh, and that's obviously Bobby McMahon, so I knew I wasn't getting that one, so I, I went with number eight. You know, I've always kind of been a single-digit guy, and to be honest, it was closest number nine, so kind of went with it, but I'm accustomed to it now, and uh, I love it. Is the junior year the most challenging year for a Colgate student-athlete, do you think? That's what people would say, and I found it to be true. You know, you get your you get your higher-level courses done in your major, and, you know, there's a little bit of grind going on, but I think that having everybody in your house and everybody on the team kind of moving in the same direction as far as academics is huge. You know, being on the same schedule with different guys and, and having people in your class that you know is obviously huge, and, and just trying to work together on homework and different opportunities, you know, it's something special for sure. It is hard, but try not to bring it to the rink and let you affect your game. No, it is definitely a little more difficult. Your two sisters played hockey for UConn. Was UConn men's hockey an option for you, John, before delighting Raiders fans by choosing Colgate? <laughs> well, I appreciate that, but uh, no, you know, obviously uh, my older one played there, my younger one was committed there, and Due to my recruiting process, you know, I kind of was waiting for a call at least, but no, nothing ever happened. And uh, I was surprised, but, you know, I'm glad things worked out the way they did because I couldn't be happier to be a Raider. So. And how are your two sisters doing right now? What are they up to? My older one is actually, uh, she's in grad school down in Creighton. She's uh, working to be a dentist. And uh, my younger one, she's in her sophomore season over there at UConn. She's having a lot of success, and, and she's a way better hockey player than I'll ever be. So I'm pretty proud of her and pretty proud of my older one, too. It's pretty special to say that you have two sisters that played high-level hockey, and I owe a lot of you know my competitiveness and how I came to be to them. So it's uh, I love those guys, and they know that. So it's, it's a pretty special bond. Take me back to your Eastview days. Was lacrosse just for fun, or did you take it very seriously? I did like lacrosse because it had hockey ties. I felt like, uh, you know, you got to hold a stick and play with your hands. So it was fun for me, um, and it was pretty good conditioning for me. But I, I had the problem where I couldn't play left-handed because I was so stuck in my ways as a righty. So I was never very good at lacrosse, unfortunately. But, uh, no, it was a lot of fun, and a lot of my friends played. So, um, you know, I stuck with it. It was a good memory for sure. At Eastview, was the mascot Zap a big crowd pleaser, John? <laughs> Yes, Zap is uh, an interesting character for sure. You don't see a face on a lightning bolt too often, but 
somehow they find a way to do that. It was a cool mascot, one that might be forgettable, but it's all right with me. How did the year with the Cedar Rapids Rough Riders get you ready for Division One hockey here at Colgate? I mean, I made the step from the NA to the USHL, and you know, I can tell you that it, it's a lot faster league and, and skilled league um, with a lot of younger players, but the pace of play is it's very close to college hockey. And, you know, you got a lot of very good players coming out of the USHL. And fortunately, I, I landed a spot in Cedar Rapids. You know, I, I just took it in stride and kind of tried to learn. And, you know, I think it was huge for me in terms of my speed, just because, you know, I'm not the fastest guy. Um, I, I knew at that moment, you know, I needed to really improve if I was going to take the next step. And I think that opened my eyes and it was pretty important to me as a player in, in my development. Absolutely. Where are the winters worse, back home in Minnesota or right here in Hamilton? Well, I can tell you that this week, actually, uh, it'll be a negative 58-degree wind chill in Minnesota. So as much as I do love the snow, I think I would have to give that one to Minnesota. I would not want to be there right now. John, what has to happen for the Raiders to have a successful last month of the regular season? I think the huge thing is, is taking it game by game here. Uh, we know that we have 10 games left. They're all in conference. They're all important. And the thing about the ECAC right now is everybody is very close. And while we're sitting in ninth place, uh, there's not much disparity between uh, fourth and ninth right now. And if we can take it game by game and find some consistency and bring the intensity that we played with this last weekend, um, I think it'll be huge for us. And uh, stay focused. But, uh, I mean, our fate is in our hands, and, and what we want to do with it is, up to us. So if we're willing to put the work in, I think we'll find uh, the results are in our favor for sure. John, absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for your time and best of luck the rest of the way. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on and and I appreciate uh, all the luck and well wishes. So thank you. That is Colgate men's hockey star, junior forward John Snodgrass on the Colgate Raider Report podcast. This is Eric Malinowski talking Colgate men's hockey with head coach Don Vaughn. Coach, first win over Cornell since 2014 and the Raiders' first win in Ithaca since 2012. How big was that Saturday night victory for this Colgate men's hockey program? Well, I think it was particularly big, you know, in terms of this year, in terms of where we're at at the moment. I think, you know, we probably deserved a little bit more out of the weekend before with the, the series against Dartmouth and Harvard. And, you know, the moral victories can only go so far, Eric. So, uh, you know, we needed some substance and, and, and a W certainly is that. So, you know, not only was it a big win based on, you know, how things had gone the last couple of weeks, but again, a, a win in line against a really good uh, Cornell team should give our team a, a boost of confidence and get them to realize that, you know, they can play and they can beat anybody. And uh, that's what we took away from that one. On the game winner, Coach, as you described at game, John Snodgrass was in his office. No question. I mean, that's, you know, that's where Snod makes a living for us. He, he loves being around the net and in the blue paint and, you know, he, he's in that position on our power play, but he found his way to that spot, you know, uh, even strength in overtime. And, you know, he didn't hit the first one on the rebound, but he did get the second one. And he was, you know, he was willing to take uh, take a hit to make that happen. And, uh, you know, just it was, a, it was a great way to end it. And, um, you know, we're just happy for him, but also for the guys that uh, they were able to hang in there. And, and coming off, a, you know, a tough loss Friday night and, and find a way to win like that, uh, you know, it's a, it a great feeling and happy for the guys. For the second night in a row, Coach Cornell scored early. What was the mood on the bench after that early big red tally? Yeah, you know, we, we, we tried to keep it together. We were frustrated. It was, again, it was, uh, you know, it was the result of a turnover, something that's, you know, that's kind of bit us a little bit here recently. So, you know, we just, we just refocused. We got the guys to settle back down. I mean, the good news is there's a lot of time left when you get one up early like that. So 
we just tried to get them to reset, you know, realize that, you know, we had a lot of hockey in front of us and we had to get, just get back to doing what we had planned to do and stick to the game plan. And, um, you know, obviously the big goal at the end of the first was huge to even it up. And, um, you know, at that point we knew we were back in a game. Was that the best game played so far by freshman goaltender Mitch Benson? Without a doubt. Um, he's had some great games for us, obviously. played played well on the road at Princeton and, you know, in Quinnipiac and early in the season, even all the way back to the beginning of the year against New Hampshire. But in that building with the way they play, I mean, they're a hard team to play against. They, you know, they're big and strong. And, you know, we knew they were going to possess the puck in the offensive zone. And we just had to find a way to try and keep the puck on the perimeter as much as possible and then rely on Benny to make the saves when that didn't happen, knowing that uh, you can't keep a big, heavy team like that on the perimeter all night. So he did. He came up huge when we needed him to. And, uh, you know, at the end of the night was probably the difference in that game. How important was the timing of Colgate's two regulation goals in terms of giving the team confidence, Coach? One at the end of the first and the other one at the beginning of the second. Oh, it's huge. I mean, uh, again, you know, they, they get the early one, and, and as a coach, you're just hoping that you know you find a way to at least keep it a one-goal game going into the second, knowing that if they get two in the first, that's a, that's a, that's a big hill to climb against a team like that. You know, so to score like we did with just a few seconds left at the end of the first period gave our locker room a real boost. I mean, we went in there feeling pretty good about ourselves. You know, and then to come right out and score at the start of the second and, and not only score, but to get the lead was was really important for us. We have, we've, you know, we've chased the game a little bit this year and had to play from behind too much. So to, to play with a lead was something that we haven't, you know, been able to do here in the last few weeks. So to get that lead and then play with it, you know, right up until the end where we knew they were going to make a big push, I think was valuable experience for our guys. What were the keys to the penalty killing unit having success this past weekend, coach? We had to kill off a long five on three, which, you know, again, a lot of that relies on, on Mitch making the big saves because you are going to give up opportunities. It's just the way it is on a five on three. But, uh, you know, aside from that, Dana Borges has done a great job with our guys. We tweaked it a number of times this year. You know, it's about willing to, you know, to pay the price. To, you have to block shots on the penalty kill. You have to be willing to sacrifice your body and get in the shooting lanes. And, and uh, I thought we did a really good job of that. And, and they, didn't, they didn't take the shots because our guys were in the lane, you know, and, and forcing them to, you know, to push it around the perimeter. And, you know, we gave up a couple of, of really good looks. But uh, for the most part, I was really pleased with the structure. And that, you know, that's a compliment to Dana and, and the work he's put in with the guys and the fact that they're buying into what we need to do to be successful in that, uh, in that part of our game. Yeah, back to the five-on-three quick, Coach. How much skill is involved and how much can you really get after it as far as X's and O's are concerned? And how much does a little bit of luck go into the five-on-three kill? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's luck involved for sure. I mean, they're just, you know, you have five against three and, and they, they moved it around pretty well. And they exposed us a little bit. But really, our guys did a great job of just packing it around the net. Um, you know, they forced them to, to push the puck, as I said, to the outside. And they did seam us a couple of times. And, you know, on the one was when, when Mitch made the great play on the backside with the glove save. And, you know, that, you know, some of that's a little bit of luck, obviously, being in a position to get there. But you have to have the skill to get there in the first place. And uh, we knew where the shots were going to come from. And that goes back to coaching and structure. And, um, you know, that gives us a little bit of, of a heads up where they're, they're going to try and push the puck to make those plays. So we can anticipate that, but a lot of it again comes back to, you know, video sessions and, and repetition and just having guys buy in. I know every coach has their own process. I know I've had the opportunity to ask football head coach Dan Hunt what goes into his thinking when he challenges a play, but I don't think I've ever asked you, Coach. So you challenge a call for offsides, rule the fair goal for the Big Red to tie it at two. 
What system do you have in place when it comes to a challenge? Do you have an assistant in charge of giving you intel, or is it a gut thing, or it depends on the game situation? Just give the listeners out there a little insight into your challenge process. It's probably a little bit of all of the above. In a game like that, if we're, if we're trying to hold the lead or we don't want to extend the lead if we're down by one, um, you know, I think critical moments in a game where the, the momentum might be shifting uh, clearly, we have eyes in the sky, you know. So we we try and quickly get an assessment from our guys upstairs. Then, you know, we make a we make a decision on the bench. And we also know going in that if you lose the challenge, you know, you lose your timeout. So you want to be as certain as possible. At that point, we felt that it was close enough to, you know, to make the challenge. And you know, if if we win that challenge, we you know we keep the lead. You know, obviously, if we don't, we've just got to regroup. But. Uh, we felt it was worth it. It was pretty close. We thought that the, the player entering the zone off away from the puck might have lifted his back skate up. But, uh, you know, when we looked at it after the game and, and the referees explained it to us at that moment, it was definitely the right call, but we felt one that was worth challenging. This was the annual Courage Classic with Kids of Camp Good Days, a program for children and families affected by cancer. Coach, six children, honorary captains for the game, received autographed jerseys from both the Cornell and Colgate teams. I would imagine this always puts the game of hockey in perspective, Coach. It sure does. It's a program that we've been involved with for five years, and, you know, the kids that our honorary captains come to to one of our practices the week of the game, so we get a chance to meet them and and get to talk about the, the you know the challenges that they've been through as a family. And I said it before that the name of the game is spot on. You know, Courage Classic. It just amazes me the courage that these young people and their families have. You know, taking on uh, you know a battle like cancer, and and we're just you know we're thrilled to 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 do our small part to bring awareness to it and and the great people at Camp Good Days and all they do for these kids and their families in the summers, just to try and get their minds off of the daily challenges that they face as they battle this disease. So if we can bring awareness to it, uh, we're all in. And, uh, you know, just a, it's a great program and one that we hope to continue to do for the years to come. You alluded to the Friday loss against Cornell, Coach, where the Big Red did get a 2-0 lead in that one. Colgate battled back to tie to 2 before the Big Red eventually won 3-2. to Your thoughts on that game, Coach? I thought we played well enough to get a little something out of that. It was disappointing that we battled back like we did to tie it, and then you know, we gave it up on a, you know, on a power play. And that's the game, really. It comes down to special teams play. And, and, you know, we just got a little bit loose on it, you know, against a team like that that can move it around. You know, it ends up in the back of our net. But I was pleased with our effort. Uh, we know the games are generally, you know, always close when, when we play Cornell. So we were in exactly the kind of game we thought we'd be in. We were just hoping to get a little something more out of it, which, you know, after a disheartening loss like that, it, I think it speaks volumes about how we responded the next night in a tough building against a, a team that's, like I said, very heavy and hard to play against. So I was really proud of our guys. Colgate on the road this weekend, Coach, and I think I've talked to you before, before the RPI Union weekend, whether it be on the Coach's Show or the Colgate Raider Report podcast, now as it's known. RPI, record-wise, not what they want to Coach, but I know you've said in the past, always a scrappy team. No, no, for sure. And we've been watching them here all day, all morning, and, and yesterday as well. And, yeah, I mean, at this point, too, in the season where, you know, you've got you know, you're you're halfway through the regular season and a lot of non-conference games played. Teams are not what they were a month ago, and that is definitely the case with this RPI team. Uh, you know, they're doing a lot of things better, um, what you would expect, you know, from what I know of Dave Smith and his staff. I mean, they're definitely improved in a lot of areas. And, I mean, you've been around this league long enough, Eric. I mean, it doesn't matter who you're playing. Uh, you better be prepared to play, and you better be at, get after it when you're ready to go. You know, otherwise you're not going to like your results. So, you know, last year the, the, 
the, the ECAC champion was a team that came out of the seventh spot in the standings. I mean, and even more so against us, they didn't score a goal for you know in two games, and they went on to win the, the championship. So, in our league, anybody can win, and uh, you better be ready to play regardless of who who it is or what color jerseys they have they have on. And uh, we got a lot of respect for RPI, and that's been the message here earlier this week. How's Union looking this year, Coach? Yeah, they're very good. They play hard, and especially in their own building. You know, things seem to happen quicker in there than, than some rinks for whatever reason. And, you know, they, they're just a really honest team, like their coach. I mean, they, they're very well prepared. They, they pay attention to detail, and they can feed off the energy in that building quickly. So, they, you know, you have to be careful that if you do give one up, that you find a way to regroup quickly because they have a tendency to strike fast. Um, so, you know, I, right now our focus is on RPI, and uh, as a coaching staff, we certainly are preparing for union, but, the message for our guys right now is, is all about RPI, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get them focused in on Union come Saturday morning. Coach, always great to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much. Best of luck. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate it. That is the head coach of Colgate Men's Hockey, Don Vaughn, on the Colgate Raider Report podcast. We switch our attention on the Colgate Raider Report podcast from Colgate Men's Hockey to Colgate Women's Basketball. Now I'm talking to head coach Bill Cleary. The Raiders Women's Basketball team coming off a huge win at Crystal Arena at Army West Point. Coach, how did it feel to beat Army for the first time, and what was the mood of the locker room afterward? Anytime you get a win, what the first time, it's just it's awesome. You love the feel of a win. There's nothing better, you know. And and the mood of the locker room after was everything you had hoped for. The players were thrilled. They were so excited. A lot of excitement, a lot of emotion because which I forgot, but it was the seniors' first win as well against Army. So. A lot of emotion in that locker room after the game yesterday. And, Coach, your team did it against Loyola, Maryland, and most recently did it on the road against Army West Point. What's been the driving force behind the quick starts in the last two? You know, I think one of the things we've done a good job of is uh, our movement's getting better offensively. We had been stagnant there for a while offensively. We were not moving. It starts and stops with our defense. I think our defense has been getting better. Our players are paying better attention to detail and to what we want. And, And I'll be honest with you, I think us as a staff, we're getting better in terms of understanding how we need to be very specific. With what we do offensively and defensively, there's a lot of reads. When we ask our players to do a lot of reading, and I think at times that kind of hurts us a little bit. So we've been becoming more specific. Um, instead of going over a lot of plays, what we do is we, we go over tendencies, and this, we're like, all right, this is how we need to do it when they do this during the course of the game. I think we as a staff, have gotten better in understanding what we need to do to prepare our players better, to make them look good, because at the end of the day, that's what this is about. And what you just mentioned, Coach, was that also the key at the start of the second half against Army West Point? Because not only did you start the first half very well, you started the second half well, and that created some considerable distance between the Raiders and the Black Knights. You know, one of the things we always talk about, particularly whether we're winning or losing, we, we always say the first five minutes of that third quarter is pivotal. You know, if you have a lead, you know, you really want to extend that lead. You really want to make that opposing team call a timeout. You know, if we're behind, you really want to cut into that lead or take that lead. Um, and again, in a sense, make that your opponent call a timeout. So, you know, we always say the first five minutes is going to dictate the way the rest of that game is going to go. And, and one of the things we try and do is really take control of it in those beginning minutes. What was the defensive game plan going in? A couple of statistics that really stood out for me, Coach. Army's three-point shooting, only two for 17, and Army committed 21 turnovers. If we're going to defend the three well, we have to go to our principles of our matchup, and we, we got to be packed in, and, you know, we got to be moving, you know, on every dribble and every pass, and it's all about positioning, and, and I thought 
in our game on Wednesday, we were really packed in and we were really positioned well. They ran a lot of side pick and rolls against us and we knew that they were going to try and run that. They ran that against us in the past and we came up with something a little bit different and it, and it worked. And But again, it worked because of our players, not because of us as a staff. So our players did a great job of really understanding what we wanted of them and, and executing it ex- extremely well. If I told you before the game coach that Rachel Thompson wasn't going to score at all, would you have been concerned? Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. I would have, you know, because if you go back, there's only one other game where we played well in these 19 games where Rachel played well but didn't put up a lot of points, and that was the UMass Lowell game back on December 5th. Yeah, there would have been concern, but Rachel does a great job of giving this team confidence in themselves. You know, we've talked about this before. This is basically the same team from a year ago without Rachel, you know, last year. And now we have Rachel this year. And I I think Rachel gives this team that confidence and that belief that we we didn't have last year. And so whether Rachel's scoring or not, we're believing in ourselves way more than we ever have. And I think what's going to be overlooked is how well Rachel played. She might not have scored, but she did score in so many different ways in terms of getting the ball to the players in the right spot. I can't tell you how many times. It was countless amount of times. And the other thing was, you know, her defense. Her defense, she's getting better and better and better. What's it going to take to beat American coach? The Eagles currently 8-1 and one in the Patriot League. Well, I think we got to do what we did on Wednesday. And I think, again, it's going to start and stop with us defensively. It's no secret that, you know, Americans had our number. They've done a great job. It doesn't matter if Americans won eight games in a row or lost eight games in a row. It's going to be a tough task. But, you know, at the end of the day, we got to be disciplined. You know, in that first meeting, we were very spread out. We weren't packed in. They did a great job of exploiting that. We got to make sure we protect we, what we call 16 feet and M is our home, and we want to protect our house. And if we can do that, you know, not allow that dribble penetration, put some pressure on the person with the ball so they can't get the ball as easily as they did in the first game. I like what we could do. I really do. I like our chances a lot. Offensively, I really feel the biggest difference in our first meeting and now is we're moving so much better, particularly our last two games. We have really, really moved well. So... Uh, I, I think they're they're a very strong offensive team. I think they're not as strong. They were really strong defensively last year. They're, they're strong defensively, but not as strong. And, and I feel that's where we can really do some damage as long as we're moving. If we don't move, we're, we're going to have a long afternoon. Coach, my next interview on the Raider Report podcast will be with one of your star players, Tegan Graham. What makes her such a valuable asset to this women's basketball family? Her attitude. I mean, when I think of Tegan Graham, I think of a kid that smiles all the time. I, when I think of Tegan Graham, I think of a player that's just going to do whatever we ask her to do, regardless how big or how small. You can't have a program that can be successful if you don't have a Tegan Graham. We can talk about all the scoring that she did in that game on Wednesday, but it was it's it's the intangibles with Tegan that really set her apart from everyone else. You never know if Tegan's having a good day or a bad day. You just don't. You know, you don't know if Tegan's playing a lot or she's playing a little. You don't. To me, it's her body language, her attitude, her free-flowing, go with the flow, and always positive and always optimistic. I mean, that's Tegan Graham and it's why she's successful and it's why she's going to be extremely successful even when she leaves here. So, I mean, the sky's the limit for a kid like that because she has the right mental attitude and just the best perspective. Coach, always great talking to you. Thank you so much for your time and best of luck against American. Thank you so much. Always enjoy uh, talking with you and uh, getting uh, our message out to Raider Nation. We appreciate it. Thanks, Eric.
That is Colgate women's head basketball coach Bill Cleary on the Colgate Raider Report podcast. Now I'm very pleased to be talking to one of the stars of the Colgate women's basketball team, Tegan Graham. Tegan, first time you have ever beaten Army in a Colgate uniform. How did that feel? It was awesome. It was it was huge. Yeah, it was a really really great win for our program, um, and also for the seniors. You know, they they had you know one one last shot at that, so that's awesome to get that army win under their belt. Is that something you guys are definitely aware of before the game, Tegan? That the senior class has never defeated this squad. It's definitely not something that we focus on specifically, but I mean, I think it's something that we just know in the back of our minds. You know, definitely the seniors and and probably you know my class of juniors. But, yeah, it's definitely not something that we focus on, but it's nice to have that sort of extra bonus um, part of our win. 17 points for you against the Black Knights. What was working for you offensively, Tegan? I just think we moved the ball really well, and I was just lucky enough to be in some, some open spots um, in, our, in that movement. So, um, yeah, we, we just distributed the ball really nicely, and, um, yeah, we made that one extra pass a lot, and I just happened to be on the, on the receiving end of that. And I know you're very pleased about some of your teammates' performances as well. Talk about the play of Abby Schubiger against Army. Oh, huge, yeah. I'm a big fan of my girl Abby, so, you know, she always has huge minutes in all our wins, um, and she's, she, yeah, she's great for, for our program for our team. I think she was four from four from the floor. So, you know, she did what she needed to do to, to help us get that win. And Nia Ahart also played her heart out at Crystal Arena. What did you see from the sophomore? Nia's great, yeah. Nia always plays hard. Um, you know, she, she hits big shots when we need her to. Um, and she's always, you know, ready ready to shoot, ready to score. Were you shaking your head in amazement as Rachel Thompson poured in 30 the other night? Or did that not surprise you at all? I mean, I've, it's a bit of both. You know, you got to give her credit. She's a phenomenal basketball player. But at the same time, like... You know, she's she's my, my roommate, my classmate, you know, one of my best friends. She's a phenomenal athlete. And so that sort of stuff, you know, it, it's phenomenal, but it doesn't really surprise me. That's, that's a Rachel Thompson that I know. What do you think is the reason, Tegan, for this season's turnaround? I mean, you look at the record last year at this time, and now you look at this year's record. What do you think the main difference is? The main difference, I would say, uh, with this team is is kind of just how, how – together we play you know we really we're enjoying playing basketball together this year we're enjoying being on the court you know being at practice being with each other it's just a different feeling it's a different vibe in the locker room so that and that I think that really shows on the court the think pink game what does that game mean to you Tegan I think it's awesome I mean obviously we do it every year but it's just it's a really good opportunity you know to raise awareness um and this you know we have so many so many girls that come to that game and so it's great to to play for them um, um, and to play for the cause. So I think, yeah, it's great. And why is National Girl and Women in Sports Day an important day to have, Tegan? It's huge for, for women in sport and just for the future of, you know, females in general, right? We, we want to continue to empower them in, in any way we can, and, through, and, and sports are great, a great avenue to do that. So, I mean, I think it's a great day. It's, a, it's, a, it's an important day to celebrate. I'm glad that we could be part of that. A little bit of a new wrinkle in Patriot League play. What do you think of the double headers this season? You had one and another one coming up on Saturday, Tegan. Yeah, it's 
different. It's definitely different. Um, you know, we've I have a couple friends on the on the men's team, and we've chatted about it a little bit. But um, it's it's just a different sort of feel because we never really get to see each other play, um, and we never really at the same. You know, we never are at the same place uh, playing at the same time. So it's just a little different. But I, I think it's cool. I think it's cool that you know fans get to see both teams, and I think it you know it creates a, a cooler environment. Definitely. What has led to your personal success in the classroom, Tegan? I think probably time management. You know, it's it's a lot sometimes um, to deal with, but I, as long as you kind of, you know, sort out and prioritize what you need to get done, I think it's it's definitely achievable, it's manageable, um, and, and I also really like school, so <laughs> I guess that helps. I know you still have your senior year ahead of you, but so far, do you think the junior year is the toughest year for a student-athlete at Colgate? It definitely gets challenging each year, but in different ways, so... I, you know, personally, I think that, that freshman year is pretty tough because you have to kind of adjust and adapt to a new college system. Um, and then every year, you know, your classes get a little bit more intense, but I think you just find a better rhythm and you're more of a routine. So I, I honestly would say it for me, I like that rhythm. I like that routine. So I would say freshman year is probably the most challenging. How's your family doing back in New Zealand, Tegan? They're really good. Thanks for asking. Yeah, they're really good. All happy, especially after last night's win. So, yeah, they're good. And when's the last time you've been home? June. June was the last time. Midway through June is the last time I saw them. But my mom's actually coming out in uh, late February, so she'll be here to see some games. So that's that'll be really cool. It's her first time out, so I'm excited. Is she ready for the cold, Tegan? I looked it up, and I think Wellington, New Zealand these days, temps are where? In the upper 60s, low 70s? A little bit different than what you guys are experiencing in Hamilton right now. Oh, for sure. Yeah, they actually have a, a heat wave right now. It was, it was one of the hottest days in Wellington's history the other day. So we are on the complete ends of, of that spectrum right now. So they're enjoying that heat, and I am freezing, literally. <laughs> Tegan, as always, an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for your time, and best of luck the rest of the way. Of course. Thank you so much. That is Colgate star player Tegan Graham on the Colgate Raider Report podcast. We are talking Colgate men's basketball on the Colgate Raider Report podcast. Glad to be joined by Matt Langle, head coach of Colgate men's basketball. Coach, against Army last time out, the Raiders able to pull away in the second half after leading by six after the first 20 minutes. What do you think the keys were for Colgate being able to pull away in the second stanza? Yeah, I thought our defense was able to sustain. We didn't uh, let the, the ball get in uh, to their leading scorer, Wilson, in the paint. Uh, we did a good job of plugging the gaps for their drivers, and some of our, our solid defense led to good offense. Obviously, in the second half, you know, we stepped up, we made some shots, we got to the basket, we got a couple critical turnovers, steal some loose balls, and uh, led to some scoring opportunities that we were able to kind of open up that lead a little bit. Got off to a quick start as well, Coach. Will Raymond was red hot early. Talk about the beginning of the game. Will did make some shots, and uh, he got a, a clean look from three. He got himself into the paint, uh, scored some, I, I thought, some contested shots, especially after watching on film, which was really good to see that he was able to uh, see that ball go through the hoop and get his scoring going early in the game, kind of builds confidence and comfort, you know, was able to sustain over the course of the game. Zach Light had his best game as a freshman. Not only was Zach very excited, but his teammates seemed to really enjoy it too, Coach. Yeah, I think it's just a good example of what our team is about. Obviously, we've got some guys who statistically have, you know, put up bigger numbers, but it's really a group that is excited for one another. Uh, you know, Zach works really hard every single day, and, um, you know, with Jordan being out, we never know 
you know, who's going to get that opportunity and what the circumstances of the game is going to call for. But, you know, it was his night and he got in there and certainly did a good job with his energy and his activity and, you know, and some, some scoring opportunities present himself. There was a, you know, loose ball that he picked up, uh, one offensive rebound tip out that he had. You know, those are big plays that help a team win uh, in conference play when teams know each other so well and are so focused on, you know, the leading scorers and, uh, you know, the guys who play a ton of the minutes um, that, you know, sometimes those guys who don't always get an opportunity have a huge chance to impact the game. 20 turnovers in the overtime loss against Loyola, Maryland, only 10 turnovers against Army West Point. What was the difference, Coach? Yeah, obviously the guys that handle the ball the most are, uh, you know, Francisco and Tucker with Jordan being out. So uh, certainly important for them. Uh, to not turn it over, and I, I think we were we're adjusting uh, better now after three games than we were after just one game. Loyola changed defenses a bunch of playing without Jordan Burns. Um, so you know, I think that uh, the, the group as a whole recognizes that you know, the guy that had the ball in his hands so much of the time when he was healthy isn't out there, and they've got to you know know where each other are and uh, and play accordingly. And uh, I think I hope that we're getting a little bit better at that as we. You know, spend more time at it. A dramatic turnaround as far as Army West Point shooting the three ball, coach. First matchup, 12 out of 22. The other night, 9 out of 29, coach. Sometimes it's just a matter of guys making shots. You know, the first time down there, Fox got off to a hot start the way that Raymond did for us uh, in our home game. Sometimes that has something to do with it. But I, I do think that, we, you know, we had better closeouts. Our, our ball screen coverage was better. We didn't get behind early in the possession, which, you know, allows Army to drive and kick and get some better looks. That usually allows you a better chance to make the shot. So we did a better job of not getting behind. And, you know, we're a little bit more disciplined, I thought, in the home game than we were in the first game against him. You've mentioned Jordan Burns, Coach. How is he doing, not physically, but I know what a competitor he is, so how is he doing mentally with missing some games? I think it's hard, but, you know, our, our message to him and, and what he's been focused on is he's, he's working as hard as he can on rehabbing his injury, and, you know, he's doing everything he can to, to make as much progress, you know, hour to hour, day to day. But he's also trying to be there for his teammates. So, again, he's, as you know, Eric, he's got a huge personality and you know he continues to be a presence in the locker room and in, in the practice environment with his teammates and you know that, that obviously helps while we miss him on the court you know he can help those other guys with some of the things that he sees in practice and you know and his his energy and personality will will, will have his uh, you know fingerprints on this team all the time I know you've had to deal with me coach constantly bringing up the perfect home record and the success you've had at Cotterell Court is this something you address with a team or there's really nothing to talk about there it's just about preparing for the particular opponent that day yeah I mean it's not something that you talk about on a on a day-to-day basis you know teams that compete for championships they win at home that's you know just whether it's the uh, Golden State Warriors or uh, the Kentucky Wildcats or um, you know, in our league, it's been the, the Bucknell Bison. You know, you, you've got to put do a good job and protect home court. Um, so, you know, that's something that you talk about is, hey, you know, we we gotta we gotta have more energy than the other team. We've got to be really focused. Uh, you know, you can't let anybody come into your gym and and take advantage of you. So, you know, on on that note, um, I, I think the guys have been attentive to that. But really, the focus is just you know on the job at hand and. The, the the opponent on that given afternoon or night. Beat Boston first time around, Coach. What are you expecting from the Terriers on Saturday? Yeah, you expect that they'll have a chip on their shoulder. They 
didn't play their best when we were there. They got a really nice win against Holy Cross at home on Wednesday night, so uh, maybe mixing it up a little bit more, playing a few different defenses than they were when we played them just a short stint ago. So, you know, you got to study the tape, but you got to be ready for whatever they throw at you. And um, obviously, they've got a really good front court player in Mahoney. We've got to do a great job of limiting him and. Um, you know, and taking what the defense gives us on the other end. And Colgate fans want to know, Coach, with a brutal cold out there, do you have an automatic car starter so it's nice and toasty when you leave the gym? <laughs> I wish. I wish, Eric. No, I still got my uh, my car is getting older, uh, and it's, uh, yeah, I don't know, 2003. Actually, with the cold weather, my, my driver's side, I got locked in my own car. The uh, door got frozen shut, and I had to climb out the climb out the back seat, so... Um, maybe it's something that I'll get in the not-too-distant future, that automatic starter, but uh, no, I don't have one. One other thing I almost forgot to ask, Coach, a little ceremony before the Army West Point game commemorating your 100th win as Colgate men's basketball coach, but what I want to talk about is you didn't baby that ball up in the stands. That was quite a catch by Luke. You kind of just tossed it in there with some vigor. <laughs> Appreciate your humor, Eric. Yeah, it's uh it's nice to to be a part of a program and a team and to be here long enough that you know uh, um that the 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 department would acknowledge me and pay attention to a hundred wins um certainly for me all coaching achievements are are player based and uh you know we've been we've been really blessed to get a good group of guys here especially over the last handful of years that um you know have done a nice job and helped us win some games uh, no, I don't. I don't have a trophy case or or anything like that. So I'm sure Luke took that ball out and was shooting it in the in the ice covered driveway out there later in the day. Yeah, I was just gonna ask that coach whether they're using it for hoops or not. Great stuff, coach. I really appreciate your time. Best of luck against Boston. All right, Eric. That is Colgate men's basketball coach Matt Langle, and that will do it for another Colgate Raider Report podcast.